just became king, like I just said, that was now his post. And I'm kind of changing the word here for a second. Why? Because we talked about pre and post, but now I'm even talking about the king was given his post to be the king. And when he went and saw Elisha, Elisha was at his post where God put him. Exactly where God put him. And so the king comes in, and, and, and Elisha had been there. And we don't hear from Elisha literally for about 45 years. And at this point, Elisha comes back on the scene. The king comes down there, and, and now it's, it's this time of, okay, I, I, Elisha's at his post. The king is at his post. And, and when you think about this whole concept of post, being at your post, God put us at a post. Ken just got a new job. That's his post. But more than that, more than that, Joseph's post is also at home as a dad, as a husband, as a house band, if you will, putting his arms around his family. And it's not quite big enough to get his arms around that family of his, but God finishes the other side. And that's his post. Our post is in our neighborhood. Where did God put you? Sometimes we get so focused on what we want, and I get this. I understand because often I've said, man, please, God, don't send me to South Dakota. I don't want to be a minister in South Dakota. And if you're from South Dakota, I'm sorry. But I've been through South Dakota. And aesthetically, it's not that pretty in parts of it. Now, parts of it are very beautiful. But I look at it that way, and I think, wait a second. That's not what God wants for me. God wants me to go where God wants me to go, where God wants me to go, and He's going to put me at my post. And over the years, He's put me at different posts. He's put me in different places so that I can prepare, so that I can be prepared, so that I can be prepared to serve Him even more. The different posts that we've been given for God, by God, and some days that's a hard pill to swallow. Why? Because the post that we're at, the sickness that we have is a post that he puts us at. The kids that we raise, that's a post that he puts us at. I've been put at a post to raise Tim, Tristan, and Trey. That's not your post. That's mine. And that's exactly why we've been put at these posts. And it's important to understand that this is a precursor when we're put in these situations for something bigger, something greater. You look at the Bible and you think of how many stories there are in the Bible of David fighting the lion and tiger and bear. That was his post to prepare him for something greater, wasn't it? Or even Joseph being put in a hold and brought back out and sold into slavery and all the things he went through 12 years in prison. I can't imagine spending 12 years in prison for something I didn't do. But then being taken out because he was being prepared. That was his post. And he saw it as his post. Or Paul. Paul, the wilderness. 
and all the things that he dealt with and the way he had to go through those things to prepare him. That was his post and then being put where he was, the shipwreck and the beatings and all the different things that he talks about in the Bible and writes about again and again and all those challenges he faced. That was the post that God put him at to prepare him for something bigger and something greater and something even more exciting. And we have to decide, and in many ways that is the message here. It's interesting because God doesn't say, okay, you're going to do this and you're going to do that. He gives us the chance. He puts us in opportunities, and we have to decide, don't we? We make the decision. You know, when Laura and I moved to Dallas, God didn't make it obvious. God said, I'm going to let you guys make the decision. And I'm grateful this is where we came. I'm grateful this is the decision we made, but he let us make the decision. And in coming here, I, I, my goodness, this post that I'm at, it's amazing. It's been challenging at times because I have to deal with the likes of you people sometimes too. But, you know, we see, we see this, this mentor we're willing to prepare in sports as well. And I, I, I remember living in San Diego, and every once in a while I would go up, um, up on this hill, and I would watch uh, the San Diego Chargers practice down on their practice field. You could sit up there, and Starbucks is right down the street, and I'd go get a uh, – I wouldn't get a coffee. I'd get a foo-foo drink, and you can mock me if you want. I don't care. But I'd get me a good foo-foo drink, and I'd go up the road there, and I'd sit at the top of this hill, and I'd watch the Chargers. And I thought something that was very interesting about it was that when the Chargers were out on the field, they, a lot of times they would practice the same play over and over and over and over again. And I would watch, and I'd be like, could you just go on to another play? And the coach was like, okay, do it again. I could hear him all the way up on the top of the hill. Do it again. No, we didn't run it. Do it again. No, we didn't run it. Do it again. No, do it again. Again and again and again. And I watched the same play. And I'd watch some of these same plays again and again. And what was cool is on Sunday when I watched the game, I'd see him run that play. Be like, oh, I saw that play in practice. And they would run it as flawless as the Chargers could run it anyway. <laughs> Amen, Chris? Yeah, I'm not giving the Chargers any of their due justice, that's right. As well as the Chargers can run it. But I thought, wow, how cool is that? Because, honestly, you think about it, the, the, the whole concept of preparing, the whole concept of this post in and, and our lives as Christians is really a lot of it is won in, before we ever get on the field. It's in the practice. It's in the practice time. It's in the quiet times again and again. It's in the prayers over and over again. It's in the being vulnerable with our brothers and our sisters again and again. It's the willingness to get in each other's lives. It's the willingness to challenge each other. It's the willingness to love up on each other. Willingness to pray for each other. It's the willingness to do all these different things. Why? Because over here on the practice field is where God is like, this is where I'm preparing you. This is where I'm developing you so that when you get to the post, when you get ready to go to heaven, I've prepared you. And when you get out on the field in front of everybody, why? Because on the practice this field, nobody was watching the Chargers except me. But on game day, maybe a couple thousand were watching them that day. However many it was. But it was more than the practice. And so when they were in front of all the people, 
kind of like us. We practice. We practice the prepare, the pre, the precursor, so that when we get to the field, our jobs, our schools, our neighborhoods, that we're prepared. We're ready to go. When people see our lives, they see the difference. There's nothing I love more than seeing somebody say, I came to church and became a Christian because I saw that person's life for a year, five years, ten years at my job. When this guy said something to him and he didn't react in a way that everybody else reacts. Because those weeks before he was preparing. He was putting in the practice, the pre so that when we get to the posts, when we stand our posts. You know, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4, it says, As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. This whole concept of being built up, is exactly what we're talking about. It doesn't say you are built up. It's saying you're being built up. You're being built to be something incredible. And it's not that we're not incredible through God, but God is working through us to do amazing, amazing things. You know, the battle had not been fought yet, back to the scripture here. But Elisha had predicted the outcome based on the king's persistence, and preparation. And here is what he said. If you won't, this is what he said to King Jehoash. If, if you won't do the groundwork when it doesn't seem to make sense. In other words, if all you want is a great marriage. There's the arrow. All you want is a happy family. All you want is an eight pack or Whatever. Whatever it is, all you want is a great prayer life. If you're not willing to put in the groundwork, if you're not willing to put in that when it doesn't make sense, why am I going through this? You know, I, I'm, I'm absolutely sure Bethany and Adam are asking the same thing. Why is this happening? Why do these things happen? Because God is preparing. Prepare. It all happens on the practice field in the preparation. And point number two is simply this, the point. I've never had a point, number two, that was just the point. But today I do for the first time ever. So the point. You know, I tried to put myself in the shoes of Jehoash. I try to think if I was Jehoash, because a lot of times we look at somebody and we think, wow, what a dummy that guy is. And, you know, maybe we do this on TV and, and we watch something and we think, well, that was dumb. Why did he do that? But, but to be compassionate, we have to take ourselves, put ourselves in their shoes and think, well, why did they do that? 
Why would they do something like that? And that's even in this case with Jehoash. Why did Jehoash do what he did? Why? Why? I don't understand, but, but he did it. Why, what, what would I do? Would I do the same thing? Would I just hit the arrow three times on the ground? Why would I do that? Because even as I look at it, you know, the point of an arrow is not to hit on the ground, is it? It's to shoot. So it doesn't make sense when the, the godly man says, I want you to do this, not this first. Because I'm sure Jehoash is like, okay, I've been practicing. I know how to shoot the arrow. I've got this. I can do this. But no, the, the, the godly man says, hit it on the ground. What? You want me to do what? Hit it on the ground. You want me to struggle with what? Hit it on the ground. You want me to deal with this sister? Why? Hit it on the ground. You want me to go through this at work? Why? Hit it on the ground. You want me to get fired? Why? Hit it on the ground. We don't understand these things. But God does. And sometimes, boy, we get frustrated. Isn't that the point of the whole thing? Is to be able to say, okay. God, you're preparing me through this. Oh, and through that, and through this situation. Because it would be easy to sit here and say, oh, Jehoash, you blew it. You messed up. But I guess what I'm trying to tell you, Daniel, son, is that Mr. Mayagi isn't always going to explain to you why you're painting the fence. Or why you're waxing the car. (laughs) Even as I'm doing it, I'm thinking of the movie right here. (laughs) Right there, there you go. He's not always going to explain to you why you need to fight for that marriage. Even when it seems like you don't want to stay married. He's not always going to tell you why you should stay a virgin. Even when you're struggling with your pain. And we would if he gave us the wedding date. And we would if we understood God's plan. And sometimes we think, God, why can't you just explain it to me? Well, what's missing in this understanding is that preparation would not always look like the promise. And sometimes we just want to see the promise instead of having to go through the preparation of the whole thing. You know, I think about this real quick growing up. In, in my 49 and 9 tenths years on this earth, as I'm on the cusp of 50 here in just a few weeks, I know, I know, it's the age and the mileage now, not just the mileage. But as I'm, and some of you are thinking, oh, 50, that's nothing. That's, that's easy. I got this. Some of you are thinking 60 is the new 40. Okay. Well, then 50 is the new 20. I'll go with that right here. I'm down with that. I'm okay. But, you know, I, I look back to my life, and I think back to eight years old when my buddies and I started a band in the backyard. And, and go with me on this when we dressed up like Kiss. This was big back then, right, James Shea? Yes, he was. James Shea had all the records and posters on his wall. So did I until my mom threw them all away. So there you go. 
But we would dress up like this, and we would do a band in the backyard, and people from the neighborhood would actually come and watch. We were terrible, but I don't know. Go figure. But from that time on, even or before that, when I started singing as a little kid, but even from that time on, three of my friends in that band stayed together, and we formed other bands, and and we kept doing more and more. And in the church, we formed an a cappella group called Sweet Deliverance, and and then we would tour around the Western United States, and and we would um, be a part of these different youth rallies and big different uh, uh, conventions and and get-togethers and what have you. And we would do this all summer, each summer, and it was the most fun. And we added a few other guys that were a little older, and and we would do this. And when we'd go to these different places, I would uh, at different times go to different churches, and I would watch different worship leaders and how they led worship and how they did the things that they did. And over the years, I would just develop these different ways of doing music and more and more. And I I, I look back into my shame in some ways. I never had lessons on this stuff. I wish I had. But over the years, I look back and I think God was preparing me for such a time as this. And I didn't realize it then. I didn't know that at 48 years old and 49 and 50 and however many years, I was going to be in Dallas and we were going to do animate and lead worship and I was going to go do these different things. And I don't normally talk about myself when it comes to these situations, but I look at it and I think God knew what he was doing. And every one of us probably could stand up and share a story exactly like this. I hope we can. I hope that we see that the point of God's preparing us to be prepared for the post is so that we can all stand up and realize he took me from fighting the lion and the bear to dealing with Goliath to being the king, to having to face the things that I face so that I can be his man, so that I can be his woman, so that I can fight for him. This is what the man of God, Elisha, was trying to explain to Jehoash. Because sometimes it just doesn't make sense, does it? But you know, it's funny as it doesn't make sense to declare victory with an instrument of death called the cross. And it doesn't make sense to kill a giant with a slingshot in the hands of the most inexperienced warrior on the battlefield. And it doesn't make sense to deliver a nation with a stick in your hand. And it doesn't make sense to do any of these things. But sometimes it's just not going to make sense. You know, in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 1, it says, So then, since Christ suffered physical pain, you must arm yourselves with the same attitude he had, and be ready to suffer too, be ready to be prepared too, for if you have suffered physically for Christ, you have finished with sin. You won't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, but you will be anxious to do the will of God. I love that last part there, anxious, not just doing the will of God, but anxious to do the will of God. I hope that in 2018, as we put 2017 behind us, that we're not just anxious to be Christians and call ourselves disciples, to anxious to just to come to church or to have our quiet times, but that we're anxious to do the will of God, to let him work in our lives, to prepare us no matter what happens this year. No matter what happens. No matter what we deal with. You know, there's so much more that I want to share in this set of scriptures, but you 
realize this, that the post for all of us is not that far off. The post of heaven. It's where we want to get to. But to get to the post, you have to be willing to say, to stay at your post. Where God has put you. And understand that the point of all of this is so that God can prepare you. So that someday he can present you to his father. Let's take the Lord's Supper this morning. Father, we praise your name and pray to you and thank you so much for your love. We pray for this day. God, we're just grateful, grateful, grateful for all the ways that you prepare us. Things that we just don't want to experience. And yet we do, God, we do. The good, the bad, in the middle, the indifferent. I'm sure they're all things that Jesus went through when he was here on this earth. But God, I pray this morning as we take the Lord's Supper, that we start out 2018 with a mindset of, okay, tomorrow when this person talks to me this way, you're just preparing me, God, for something better. When I deal with my kids the way I deal with them, that I'm being prepared. When I face the onslaught of life, when I face the joys of life, that you're preparing us the way you prepared your son for the cross, the way you prepare us for the post be in heaven. We love you. We pray for this Lord's Supper. In Jesus' name, amen.